Welcome to episode number 18 of The Lobby, where we talk and make you feel like you are in the lobby of River City Church. So my name is Aaron. And I'm Becky. Once again at the kitchen table. So Becky, we Mm -hmm. are going to be talking about... So we met at camp. Yep. At this camp called Camp Timberley. So we're going to talk about um, the bizarre and fun... Uh, camp stories at a later podcast yes whoa edge of your seat you guys we just want to just like drop the bait keep you, <laughs> keep you coming back for it's more like the lamest bait ever no it's good bait it's like chocolate bait <laughs> so but those were not timberly was not the first camp that we had experiences right at. right so before that i so i did 4-h camp for a I don't know, like two or three years or something like that, um, where I did that for a week. As a camper, so you'd yeah, go overnight. as a camper. Do you know about how old you were? Oh, man, like third, fourth, and fifth grade, maybe. Okay. But there were like a lot of really older kids there. Oh, so, okay, sure. I wonder if it was like all the kids from like your town and country... Nah, 4-H group? Or there's was... people from all over the county, all oh. over Pierce County in Western okay. Wisconsin. So, but then there was, I was a I was a counselor one week as well when I was a senior in high school. I just want to laugh when I think about 4-H. I'm sorry. Know, You're just probably looking at you me. Know, it is, there's nothing wrong it is with worth, 4-H. It is worth making fun of. But I it mean, really theoretically, I just really appreciate 4-H and the opportunities it offers people. But for some reason, I just want to laugh. We should have a 4-H podcast sometime. Oh, I would have to make sure my mom doesn't listen to that podcast. I don't know if that fits my risk management profile. Okay. Anyway, sorry. So, um, but I do support 4-H. I mean, not, like, not, fi- not financially or anything, but like with my heart, I do. Yeah, maybe we could talk about 4-H a little bit. Yeah. Anyway, that'll no, be enough. There's, there's things to, that would that are very easily... Easy to make fun yeah, of. We're just laying the groundwork for more and more podcasts. You guys are just like tuning in left and right. So, and then when I was in college for one summer, I was a camp counselor at this YMCA camp called Camp St. Croix in Hudson, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And then, so that was my camp experience before camp at yes. Timberley. Yeah. But what about your experience? Well, I grew up being a camper. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, not like camping in a tent. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, okay? <laughs> because I am a res camp girl through and through. And res camp is resident camp. So that means you have a cabin at night. So that's my speed. Mm-hmm. You know, I appreciate academically the thought of hiking and then sleeping in a tent. Like yeah. academically, I can appreciate that. But mm-hmm. uh, that's just not my experience, nor my desired experience. Yeah. So. Right. Um, the camp that I grew up going to is called Crescent Lake Bible Camp, and it's in Rhinelander, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And so the church that I went to growing up until about middle school was, um, I don't know, associated with it somehow, I suppose. So people would go for family camp, and they had youth camps. And so we went a few times as a family, and then I went as a youth camper starting when I was nine. And... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that was, which that's how old Gracie is. That's kind of fun hmm. to think about yeah. her being a little camper. But, um, yeah, and she signed up for Timberly later this summer. I mean, we'll see if yes. that happens just with everything going on. Right. So I have, I always loved it. 
Like, I've never not loved it. I always loved it. Mm-hmm. I am a camp friend, which <laughs> is... <laughs> which, you know, so that is just... That was just my thing. And um, Crescent Lake, or CLBC, as they say, yeah. was... In the 80s, like all camps were kind of mom and pop, you know? Right. So when Aaron and I worked at Timberley, there would be 400-something campers a week. There were, you know, we had 50, like 60 counselors. Like 400 junior hires or 400 third yes. through fifth graders or 400 high schoolers. Yeah. Right. So a ton right. of kids. Yep. It had really, like, top of the line amenities I suppose you could say and I don't know what Timberley was like in the 80s because I didn't go there so it but Crescent Lake was very like in the 80s um you know you had a like mom and pop um small so Aaron and I when we worked at Timberley we were village leaders so we were in charge of about a hundred campers and um and staff yeah. Those were the people who we were over. That's how many kids we'd have in a week at Crescent Lake. So right. it was just smaller. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it was, you know, when we worked at Timberley, we were village leaders. We didn't lifeguard. We didn't do boats. We didn't work in the canteen. Counselors were counselors. They didn't teach class in the science center. They didn't work in the craft shop. Nothing mm-hmm. like that. When I worked at Crescent Lake, I was all of the above. So I was I was a camp counselor. I was even a lifeguard. I did boats, which is what made me want to be a lifeguard. Because when you push out enough paddle boats, like, enough is enough. You're like, yeah. fine, I'll become a lifeguard. Um, you work in the canteen. You did all sorts of things, which really allowed for you to get to know the campers outside of your own cabin, right. which was yeah. super fun. So um, anyway... So that was my experience with that. And then because camp was very mom and pop, um, my brother, the first summer he went, his counselor, who now that, you know, after I worked there and, like, knew people more, he had this counselor who just was not very good. And the way that Crescent Lake ran, it was three weeks of youth camp and then six weeks of family camp. And so when you were on program staff, you did... You were a cabin counselor for those first three weeks, and then you would run the boats and the shops and all that kind of stuff during family camp and teach the Bible classes when the kids were in their kids' program while the parents were in chapel. And um, so, anyway, my brother had this counselor who I think was just a volunteer for one week of youth camp. He wasn't there for the whole summer. Mm-hmm. That guy was a hot mess. And my brother had the worst time. Oh, and really? yeah, he really did. He had the yeah. worst time. It was something like their counselor just did not really create um, an inviting camp experience where kids can thrive, you know? Did he um, Did he have a girlfriend that was also a counselor? So he just kind of hung out with her? <laughs> uh, no. Cause... If you met this guy, you would know. You'd be like, there's no way. <laughs> Um, but it was like, he was, the kids were like afraid to change clothes because they just, just the guy was so awkward. He just would like change his sleeping bag. Like it was just so weird, you know? And so my poor brother just had a horrible time at camp, you know? Really? Yeah. And so this, and just to like talk about how small it was, we would have six cabins of girls and six cabins of boys. Yeah, for the whole camp. For the whole camp. And so my dad would use one of his weeks of vacation and our whole family would go up and my mom would be a counselor for a girl's cabin and my dad would be a counselor for a boy's cabin and 
my sister would stay with my mom, and then I would, my brother and I would volunteer in the kitchen. Wait, so when your parent, your parents were camp counselors for just regular weeks of camp? For junior campers, yeah. So oh, for really? like the the kids Gracie's age. Okay. And so they would, they did that, and they did great. And my poor mom, who. She is not an outdoors woman. She is the first person to tell you that. She has like horrible seasonal that lady loves allergies. Her, that lady loves her air conditioning. She does. And and because she has allergies, I guess. You know, so like she, my poor mom, she's like, you know, being a, a camp counselor and a, like literally the stuff that never happens to anyone would happen to my mom. Like a tree fell on her cabin. What? During? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's stuff that you're like. This doesn't happen to anyone. Like worms would fall from a tree onto her. She'd wait. Was like, she was she in the cabin when the tree fell on her? I believe so. What? Yeah, and like my mom has <laughs> like just nuts. Like that's never happened to me. I've I never seen like, that happen to have to anyone in all the years of camp I've worked at. You know, your mom isn't an attention seeking person. No. So like, you know, so when she, I don't know. It it just but it's just weird that like. All the weird stuff in life just kind of happens to her. Yes. Yeah. You know? Because usually, I mean, I don't know. I'm not making a blanket statement here, but, like, often when, like, oh, that person, all the weird stuff happens to them, it's, like, it's often because we just kind of, they're kind you, of attention-seeking. Maybe they put themselves into situations <laughs> that or they invited. Embe- or they embellish things yes. or whatever. But, yeah, all the weird stuff happens to your mom. Yes. And she just... It's just there. You know what I mean? Like, it's just crazy stuff. And, you know, she has, like, really bad eyesight. So taking campers to the bathroom in the middle of the night, you know. So it's just, she was such a trooper. And, you know, stuff like, she had this camper once who was like, I'm I'm allergic to popcorn. And my mom's like, okay, that's fine. And she's like, no, I'm allergic to the smell of popcorn. So there, she tells my mom that when their cabin is full of popcorn, this girl starts just, like, puking from the smell of popcorn. What? Yes, it's like who does this? Oh, so her to? so her throat didn't swell up. No, but okay. she just starts puking everywhere. You know, what? <laughs> so what ridiculous. Of, it's like just weird, weird stuff. Wow. So and you know, anyway, so I would work in the kitchen and, um, yeah. So it was really like a family thing for our family. Okay. You know, in that respect, and like I said, we went a few times to family camp, but like family camps real expensive there i mean i'm sure if you yeah because i've looked into it and it's like whoo pricey but um yeah so we went a few times as a family and it was really it was really fun and i i think i just always loved it Mm -hmm. so that's my experience that's my background with because that's interesting because i'm assuming because your dad worked at the post office i'm assuming he didn't get like this Huge quantity of vacation, or maybe I'm wrong, but yeah, I mean it's probably better than you would week. think, but still, yeah. And then coming back from being a camp counselor for a week when you're like I don't know how mid to late thirties, you're probably pretty tired, uh, yeah. you know. So yeah, and then he would go back to work on Monday, you know. Oh, gosh. So yeah. yeah, but that's crazy. Yeah, I just really, I just always loved it from the very beginning, but. Yeah, because I suppose, like, with River City, you know, like, when we were meeting in the hotel, mm-hmm. um, if you compare that to, let's say, like, a 3,000-person church or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, and just the complexity and, like, everything, that's, like, in, in one way or another, I mean, 
that's kind of the uh, the difference between like being at Crescent Lake in the eighties, nineties, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and what we had at Timberleague. Yeah, like, that's just not something I experienced. Yeah, because at Camp St. Croix, um, there was so. I worked a day camp for one summer, but like there was one or two weeks that I worked resident camp. Uh-huh. So there was the res camp staff and then there was the day camp staff. And so the, the res camp was like, um, man, there were, there were counselors just from like, that were, I don't know if they just went to camp there growing up mm-hmm. all you know, they're growing, all growing up and they're just like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm not going to be a counselor now or like where they got them from. But man, there were, um, they were just, I wouldn't say it was a rough crowd, but it was just like on the, it was, it was an interesting crowd. It was not a Christian camping experience. No, it wasn't. And it didn't, and didn't pretend to be. I didn't expect it to be. Right, of right. Of course not. But like, yeah, I mean, like there's this one dude, oh man, I can't remember what his name was, but like he worked in the res camp and like he, uh, he had blue hair and he had he <laughs> I was talking to him once and he's like yeah it's like he's like when I was a when I was a little kid like my friend my brother and I did I tell you the story I don't know it's like he was like we just got a bunch of we just had BB guns and like we were just like pump you know these pump action ones mm-hmm. so you just pump it a few times and like you shoot each other in the butt or something Jeez. like that so <laughs> So he's like, there's this one time my brother pumped it way too many times, oh, no. you know, and he shot me in the leg and my, my leg hurt so bad. And I was like, oh gosh. But then, so that was maybe when he was nine years old, mm-hmm. but then he hit, when he hit puberty and his growth spurt and everything like that. So, um, he noticed this, something under his skin, under his shin, no. like by his shin, like with his legs. So he's just like, he showed it to me and he's just like, and there's literally a BB in, in his leg. leg that he's just oh, like moving no. it around. It was just oh. like, oh, dude, oh. no way. Oh. <laughs> wow. But there, were, but there were guys who, um, they didn't shower literally all summer. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, and they would like go in the lake and stuff like that. But I mean, it was just kind of their shtick. We had a guy just, like that at Crescent Lake. Yeah. Yeah. That was really interesting. It's like, how long could he go? And then this guy, his name was Josh. His hair got so greasy that then when he would go in the water, it was like water would beat up on his hair. Kind of like he, kind of like it was like treated with some sort of waterproofing thing. It was just his hair grease. It was just beat up. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. But then, but there was on Res Camp World, like, so they would have, so there was two counselors in a cabin. So at night, they would have this thing called staff snacks. So there's... No, so was, the staff would leave the kids? Well, no, no. It was oh, like okay. one, only one of them would <laughs> oh, leave. Oh, one at a time. Okay. Um, so one of them would leave at a time. And then um, and the the head of the kitchen would let us do this. I don't yeah. know how we would let us do this. But like, um, but he would just let us go in there while he wasn't there because he didn't live on site. Oh, and uh-huh. we would just raid the kitchen and just eat everything. Yeah. And just... Um, just like make these enormous plates of nachos and just everything. Whoa! And just, yeah, and it was it was really really fun. That's like yeah. the challenge on Top Chef last week. Mm-hmm. They had to make brunch items. Really? That's really nice that he let you do that because like, what if you guys just happened to eat stuff that was like, uh, that was lunch tomorrow? Yeah, that's what I thought too. But then I don't know. Maybe there's something I didn't understand about it. Yeah, I suppose so. you guys they weren't making like, hey, look. Here's, I mean, I don't know how many kids are there. Here's 80 hot dogs. Oh. I'll eat 40 of them. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there were. Right. 
different things. But, but yeah, there were some Australians on staff, and there was people wow. from all over the world. Yeah. And that was a Y camp, Camp mm-hmm. Cry. I wonder if they had some sort of like exchange situation. And they got all the American kids to go to Australia. And then they're like, hey, Australian kids, do you want to come to sparkly America? (laughs) Hey, Hudson, Wisconsin. Because we had a beach on the... On the St. Croix River. Oh, gee. Were they like the Australians, tremendous eye roll? The, the Australians were just like, so in Australia, waves are created by wind. <laughs> and here, waves are created by boats. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> like, it was just... That's very yeah. different. <laughs> yeah, it really was. So. That's really funny. That's yeah. super funny. All right, so what else was interesting about yours? Well, I'm just going to tell a little story about when I was 12. So <laughs> so it was the week that my parents were volunteer counselors. And so I was working in the kitchen, and I was staying in a cabin with a girl from our church. So remember how you were like, who's that person who commented on your Facebook? She, and you had no idea who she was, and she just seemed really familiar with me, and you had never heard of her before. Oh, right. And I was like, that's Jen. She was my camp counselor and like youth group leader growing up right you know so growing up in church there were five of us me amy rachel andrea and heidi and my dad always called us the fearsome five and so jen was just like our youth group leader and she was a camp counselor at crescent lake and so she was counseling that week and i stayed in her cabin with her Mm -hmm. and i would just i guess i was like a air quote junior counselor so it was friday night and jen went to the bathroom and she didn't come back for like two and a half hours. What? Yeah. All the girls are sobbing. <laughs> Where is she? I'm like freaking out, but I didn't want to act like I was freaking out because huh. I was just like, where is she? What's going on? I didn't want to leave the cabin. Is she with her boyfriend or like no, what's going on? Just a few on? counselors were up in the bathroom chit-chatting. <laughs> Which like, you know, having, putting myself in her place, I can see where you're like, for the love, it is Friday night. I just need a minute. And it turns into two hours because you're talking and stuff. Yeah. I totally get that. But as a 12-year-old, I was like, has she been kidnapped? What's even <laughs> happening? And yeah. so I just, it was like the most dramatic thing that had ever happened to me, which says a lot about like how nice my life was. Wait, wait. so did you did you send out a search party? Or like, I believe what did- we did... She either came back or somebody was doing rounds just to, like, make sure everything was okay. Yeah. And then she finally came back, and she came back, and I was like, oh, I'm so glad you're okay. Like, what happened? And she was like, you could tell she was pretty embarrassed, and she was like, I was just talking to Laura in the bathroom. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And I just, it just felt, you know, I was 12 from the suburbs this is about as dramatic as my life got but you know i just remember feeling because there was a girl who was in the cabin who we just kind of i don't know she was like one of the kids who was pretty mature about it and i just remember feeling really connected to her because we weathered this experience oh wow (laughs) so ridiculous yeah so so ridiculous so, yeah, that was a doozy. Huh. Um, but, yeah, that was probably the most dramatic experience I'd ever had in my life. Right. But not very <laughs> dramatic. <laughs> so, yeah, that was pretty That was pretty intense for yeah. me at mm-hmm. 12. But um, 
So yeah, I would I would go to camp in the summer, and we would do the typical camper things like. Um, hey, my counselor, uh, this boy counselor, he likes you. Uh, uh, we're going to write a note and say it's from you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just stupid stuff like that as campers, you know, and your counselor's just like tremendous eye roll. Okay, good one. You know, like that kind of thing. And when we went, when I was a camper, and I, I think it stopped by the time I worked there, there was always a banquet. On Friday night, yeah. For what? For supper. And so you would dress up. Did the campers have dress-up clothes? You just knew to bring, like, a sundress or something. So it wasn't like a... Oh, man, the boys are probably whatever. (laughs) What's even happening? And I don't know if that was on the packing list, because that was not my wheelhouse, obviously. Like, my mom packed stuff. But I think you just kind of wore, like... Your nice camp clothes, if that's a thing. But, you know, and everything was always served family style. Right. But this was a little bit more fancy and Mm -hmm. stuff. So um, there was one year when it was when my mom, I was staying with my mom, so I wasn't a camper. And I was curling somebody's hair with a curling iron. So we're talking this is curling iron life. And, and I got electrocuted by a curling iron. You got electrocuted? Yeah. So you know how there's like on the curling iron thing, there's rubber around it? That had somehow come off and my hands were really sweaty because... Oh. So, and it was like... I was like... Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> like then we had to unplug it and I like had to throw it off of my hand. It was pretty... That was pretty intense. Wait, did too. your hands seize up? And just, yeah, like, like I couldn't, couldn't let go, let of, go it. of it. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh yeah, Aaron. Wait, how how bad was the shock? I mean, I didn't like pass out. I mean, I don't know what happens I mean, to you, people. I mean, I'm assuming you didn't foam at the mouth. Or, no, but it was know. just like. I mean, I'm not talking Chevy Chase and National Lampoon's <laughs> Christmas Vacation or anything, but it was pretty. It was pretty dramatic to me. Yeah. At the no, time. that would be. That'd be a great. Quite. Yeah, I suppose like 30 years later, you're still telling that story. So. Well, and to be fair, I haven't told it, probably. I don't think I've ever told you that story. I, I don't think so. Yeah, I think you'd yeah. remember. It's so, dram- <laughs> so dramatic after all. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so we would we would do that kind of thing. And the camp food situation, you know how people are like, oh, camp food, it's uh, so gross, you know, like yeah. that kind of stuff. And really, when we worked at Timberly, it wasn't bad. I mean, it was processed, but it wasn't bad. Right. But like at Crescent Lake in the 80s, yeah. It was like, can we go to the Second Harvest Food Bank and get bulk food that was intended for the military? <laughs> what? Yes. No way. Yes. Wait, it so, was like it was like freeze, freeze, dry, it freeze wasn't like, stuff. Not like for that. space. <laughs> no, no, like those military meals. No, it that. wasn't MREs or whatever. But it was just like <laughs> it was just really old stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there was one summer where they had these, like, leftover Christmas cookies. And yeah. they, we put them out for the kids. And we would joke, like, these aren't Christmas cookies. It's Italian Appreciation Night. Like, because of the yeah. like, red and green and white. But, <laughs> um, yeah, so that was always that was always pretty ridiculous yeah. um, in terms of the food. Because it really, it really did struggle. Like, mm-hmm. this, like this is not a joke. This is, like, right. for real, it struggled. Um, and then... Let's see. Oh, so then I so I went to camp. It was super formative for me. I really 
enjoyed it. And it was, um, I don't know. I enjoy, I always enjoyed the speakers. I enjoyed my friends. I enjoyed my counselor and that kind of stuff. But I think anybody who works at a camp can tell you there's some speakers who knock it out of the park. Yeah. And there's others who you're like, uh, next time, can you keep yourself together? <laughs> so we had, there's this one speaker who was at a little kid's week and it was. We have like, a lot of stories about that. Oh, today. yeah. We'll get to those. Uh, Hopefully they aren't listening to this. I don't think they are. Um, but there was this one guy, and he, I think they brought puppets, because it was the 80s in Bible church world, so if you don't bring a puppet, no one's going to listen to you. And so this guy is telling this story to the kids, and he was like, I knew this kid once. No. He told his mom a lie. Then he went out into the field to help his dad, and his arm got ripped off in a combine. No, he did not <laughs> say did. that. I, it was like, yeah, it was what? when I was working in the kitchen. My parents were there. My mom and dad are like, <laughs> <laughs> like, what is happening right now? Um, you know, some people what? would say, you know, just what? ridiculous stuff, and you're like, talk about when people try to like scare kids into like godliness or into salvation or whatever. Yeah, it's instead like, of being motivated by the gospel, like, right? It's like the man, combine. I don't want to lie because who knows what's going to happen to my arm, you know? So <laughs> anyway, so that was you know you'd have that, and then there was this other old guy, and I don't remember why he was there, but he did not have a puppet, but he was like this sweet grandfatherly teacher sort of guy. And um, he sang this song that I get in my head to this day. Oh, no. And it wasn't bad. But he, and it was like an outdoorsy sort of thing. And he was talking about fish. Because this, this was another difference between Crescent Lake and um, Timberley. Is that from Crescent Lake, kids came from farms. They came, like, they were 4-H kids. They did not come from money. They were like hunting, fishing, live on a farm, live in a small town, whereas Timberley, it's like suburbs of Chicago. So everyone had a lot of money. And um, not everyone, but a lot of people did. And so the kids like hunting and fishing, like that was just a thing they knew about in the outdoors. And so he would, he was talking about fish and when you go fishing and there was this song and it was, Fillet my soul, Jesus, make me all good inside. Take out the bad bones, put in the new bones. I want to be made just right. And I get that song in my head because he really? was just talking about like how like you need Jesus to make you clean and new on the inside. And he was talking about it with fish. So, I've yeah. I've known you for almost 20 years. I don't think I've ever heard yeah. the fishing bones <laughs> song. Yeah. Then there was this other, this other huh. speaker we had when I worked there. And uh, she was pretty uh enthusiastic and stuff and she always wore pantyhose so she would look tan and it was pretty humid out and she was uh she would get like hot flashes and stuff so she'd be up there teaching she's like pouring with sweat and she'd come out she'd be done speaking and she'd come to all the camp to the council she'd be like oh i totally had a hot flash up there i'm just sweating so much and these 19 year old college guys are like uh i'm gonna go over there now (laughs) you know because it's just like a little bit much but um oh Oh, when we do the Timberley one, we need to remember like what that camper said at that campfire. Yes, okay. yes, I totally know what you're Don't talking it. about. <laughs> Come back for that, friends. Oh um, so anyway, that was always a doozy, and we would always play camp-wide games. And one of the biggest games that we played—I don't think we ever played this at Timberley, but I could be wrong. It was called either like it was called KGB, 
and you had to pretend to smuggle a Bible from the chapel at Whoa. camp to another to another cabin, like all on the other side. So the counselors would be dressed all in black, and you would have to sneak. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, it gets more intense. It was very intense, and so. So people would be, you know, you'd start in the chapel and then you'd have to run to get to this cabin called Arena. And so there, when I was volunteering in the kitchen, there was this guy who was on maintenance and then he ended up being a camp counselor and his name was Brendan Webb. And I had a really big crush on Brendan. I was 14. He was like 18. Like it was insane, but yeah. I was 14. Right. And, um... Leah's 14, by the way. Anyway, so... <laughs> sorry, just I was just put thinking, that in perspective. I was thinking that when Dad. you said that. I was like, anyway, oh my gosh. So I had this, like, crush on Brendan Webb, and apparently... And I don't know if this was true, because my friend Allison, who I volunteered <laughs> in the kitchen with, because her mom was a volunteer cook, they went to church with Brendan, and she said he went on a missions trip once. And looking back on this as an adult, I don't think this is true, but his missions trip was smuggling Bibles into China. I cannot imagine an organization using people who are not 21 as mules of Bibles. <laughs> hey, Bible mule. Yeah. Oh and I was God. under the impression he also caught a disease when he was there, but I think he just had arthritis. So I'm not really <laughs> sure, like, I'm not sure what this is. Can we is. have him on the podcast? Oh, geez, I can't. And he was going to college to be a doctor to be on the mission field. So, and he like actually was pursuing that. So I don't know if that's what he's doing now, but hmm. I should Google him. Anyway, um, so he was like, had his guitar and we were in the cabin that the kids had to get to. It was like a bunch of like support staff. And then they were pretending, even though the game was called KGB, details, details, they were smuggling their Bibles into China. And so we would we would sing a song in Chinese to like really create the environment. <laughs> so I can sing "God is so good" in Chinese. It's fine. Oh, so it Don't be a, jealous. Oh, so it was a real song. Yeah, like oh. there's the song "God is so good, God is so good" in Chinese. That's song shang mei ho, song shang mei ho. Really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Just pulling out my bilingual situation. I did better. I could do better in China than I could in Venezuela with my Spanish, but. <laughs> Anyway, so people would get so into it. So a counselor would tag you, and they'd be like, what's that you have there? And part of the game was you had to tell them it was a Bible. And if you said, oh, it's a toothpick, they would put a mark on it. And then if you got your toothpick to the cabin, no. then people would know that you lied. And these kids are, like, sobbing because people oh would. My, oh, my gosh. <laughs> what? So, so people would be like. Gosh. <laughs> this is the 80s in, like, Bible church youth culture. So kids would have their Bibles, and then they'd come back, and then the people would be like, did you deny Christ? No, they did not. <laughs> These oh kids are like gosh. sobbing. <laughs> no, they did. Oh my god! <laughs> like it was just so ridiculous. So anyway, oh so that was KGB, and I, of course, I never had to be the, like the KGB thing because I was like, I'm not running after kids. I'm I'm not a runner. So then I would just like give out the toothpicks and stuff. But yeah. um, yeah, so it was like pretty pretty funny how people would get so into it, and then you'd get your Bible broken if you got caught, and then you'd go back for another one and. So that was a big mm-hmm. night game. So, mm. yeah, that was kind of like a little foray into like wow. that sort of thing. Um, yeah. And then, um, yeah, so, I mean, I could, oh, 
I should probably start wrapping it up. But um, I did have lots of campers, obviously. And it was when you worked there for a really long time and because of the way that you staffed things, you would get to know whole families right. and stuff. So that was always really cool. And I would have the same campers come year after year and we'd write letters and visit and stuff. And so that was a really fun sort of thing. I did have a time when I had a camper who, you know, it's kind of weird. You meet them on Sunday and then you just, you don't know what their normal is because everyone's like a little nervous when they start. And she ended up needing to get an emergency appendectomy when she was at camp. Hmm. And I didn't know her, you know, so I couldn't tell that she wasn't acting like herself because... Right. I didn't know herself. And so she, like, was just kind of quiet. And she'd be like, oh, my stomach hurts and stuff. So, I mean, I would take her to the nurse and whatnot. And finally the nurse was like, I think this is a thing. And so she took her to – I had to go to the hospital with her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have your medical form at camp. Um right that you allow treatment, but they wouldn't do the surgery, even though they had that paper without her mom coming. So I was like sitting at the hospital with this girl I didn't know all day. And, you know, her mom came and then they took her to surgery and her mom was like crying and talking to me about her marriage and like all of this stuff. And, you know, it's one of those times where I'm like, oh, I'm 19. I'll be a good listener and I'll ask whatever questions I can think of to ask. But, you know, those just super interesting, intense situations that you kind of get put into Mm -hmm. sometimes. But um, that was good. And then I, well, that was not good because she had a hard marriage and a hard situation. I also had a camper once who, her name was Brooke, and she was just one of those kids. And she was a junior camper, so she was probably around Maggie's age. And she was just always looking in the mirror, super concerned about how she looked. And I just was like, oh, my gosh, this girl, (laughs) you know. Mm -hmm. And so Saturday came and the parents were coming to pick their kids up. And her mom was so late. And I was like, what is even happening? You know, and it was getting to be past lunchtime and kids were supposed to get picked up by 10. And so we were just kind of hanging out. And her mom finally came with her boyfriend And they had gotten into a fight with somebody at a restaurant and that the police were called. And it was just this really crazy, sad situation. And I just remember feeling so sad that I didn't know about, like, the brokenness of her home. Because that would have informed how I helped her more and just kind of was a reminder of giving kids the benefit of the doubt and how you get to go about knowing people and stuff. And because they're, I mean, literally the police had to like follow them until they pulled over. And mm-hmm. I was like, your mom and her boyfriend got chased by police towards the camp. What's even happening in your life? You right. know? Yeah. So it was really, I mean, that was just kind of a doozy. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, so, but I had a lot of super fun campers and we, when I had worked there and all of my like buddy campers were um in high school we would at free time we'd go by the chapel and the chapel was right like on this peninsula which is where we got married Mm -hmm. um and we would sit they had just like an amphitheater and we would sit there and we would have behind the chapel talks is what you know and we would just talk about life and things about god and whatever Mm -hmm. and how that all like interfaced and interacted so that was a 
mm-hmm. a big thing for me. And then this will lead us into our talk about Timberly because Timberly is like Aaron and Becky origin story, I suppose, if that's what <laughs> people <laughs> find that interesting. So there were these campers and we called them the Skippies. At Crescent Lake. At Crescent Lake. Yeah. And so they were rock skippers and they were like, Becky, do you want to be a Skippy? And I was like, uh, sure. And there was these four boys who I'd known for forever. And you had to skip three rock, two rocks, three times. You had to go skip, skip, skip. Um, and then you could be a Skippy. And so I was a Skippy with the Skippies were Pat, James, um, Andy, Adam, and this boy named Dan, who was kind of, they called him Judas Skippy because he didn't come back to camp. <laughs> <laughs> like, they were just these really funny kids, you know? So, um, you know, and so they were like buddies. And then there was my favorite camper of all time, Rebecca Coliani, who I wrote letters to for years and um, went to her wedding and all that sort of stuff. But Andy, who was a Skippy, was your resident when you were in R.A. at River Falls. And that mm-hmm. is why we talked to each other. Mm-hmm. So yep. there you go. Crescent Lake leading into Timberley. Mm-hmm. Little yeah. transitional time. Big transition. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it'll be fun to talk about. So, so, yeah, next week, come back where you'll get to hear more of Aaron talking. <laughs> uh, I didn't tell, like, all my ridiculous stories from my camp. I mean... They're just not very interesting. I don't know. Because, I mean, like, I will say that, like, the, I mean, I became, I started following Jesus when I was in college. And so this was between my sophomore and junior year in college, I mm-hmm. think, that I worked at Camp St. Croix. Yeah. And I don't know. It was, it was the first time in my life that I was just really open about my faith and who I was and, um... I don't think I did it. This I don't think this is revisionist history or looking back mm-hmm. at Pollyannic glasses or anything like that. But like, I don't think I was obnoxious about it or anything. It was right. just like, like I had really good trust and relationships and uh, rapport and respect with my all my counselor buddies and yeah. um, my co-counselors and everything. And it was a really tight staff. And they just we just talked a lot about Jesus the whole summer. And, That's cool. Yeah, and I just learned like. Um, how to do that I mean you just learn by doing stuff and I learned by how to do it I learned how not to do that <laughs> like, yeah. uh, I learned a lot about just like being um, on mission in the context of community as opposed to doing it as a lone ranger because I remember praying for God for opportunities um, every day and then I would get so many opportunities I was just really so burned out and um, I just remember praying that God would just stop giving me opportunities mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, just, uh, yeah. Cause I mean, I was just the only Christian there, mm-hmm. you know, which God needs light in dark places, but it's, you know, there's a reason why he sent, you know, the disciples out two by two in Luke 10. So, yeah. Yeah. So I just learned a lot about the value of that. Mm-hmm. Um, just, yeah. So it was, it was really good and informative. Yeah. Cause I think. So I, my friend Lindsay, who was one of my co-counselors, I mean, I mean, we haven't stayed in close contact over the years, but like, it seems like she's still following Jesus. That's cool. You know, from that time. And, um, yeah, so it was really good, but mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think one of the things that I learned too, in terms of like 
walking with people throughout their spiritual growth and development and all that kind of stuff. I remember, and this was, I'm sure this is something we'll get at too, um, but I remember having a one-on-one with Camper, and I remember right where we were, and I was just talking to her about, um, like, what did she know about Jesus? Like, what did Jesus mean to her? And um, she loved me. (laughs) This sounds really self-serving, but it's not. She loved me so much that she would have repeated a prayer after me just to make me happy. You know what I mean? Like, and I just remember being so aware of the level of influence that I had and wanting to steward it well, you know, because she was just so into saying what I wanted to hear as opposed to like what was actually true about how she saw her sin and um, how Jesus like Mm -hmm. was, um, like her payment for that but i she could have she would have just said what i wanted her to say because she loved me you know mm-hmm. in like a really good yeah. way and i think i just um really just remember feeling the weightiness of that and um of realizing that it's not up to me to strong arm people into conversion or growth or whatever um but rather letting that be the spirit's work and joining him in what he's doing mm-hmm. as opposed to me just shoving people mm-hmm. like with uh, my influence only, you know, if that makes sense. So No, for sure. But, yeah, no. And I think, too, like, looking at at how camp, like, affected how I look at leadership as well. And I think that kind of goes back to the Venezuela thing is just, like, being with people, you know, how my leaders there were with us. And, you know, we were with our campers and we were with our counselors when we worked at Timberley and how, like, that just informs like being with people and how God uses that sort of mm-hmm. um, way of life and ministry. So, right. Yeah. Sure. And that's why I like lakes so much. <laughs> not, yeah, not a fan of lakes. <laughs> like a good more, lake. More on that next like week. Like a good lake. Because <laughs> Crescent Lake was a good lake. Yeah. No, it was. We can academically appreciate how that was a good lake. Yes. He's like, enough about this stupid lake. Come back next week. We're not going to talk about lakes. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us in the lobby. Bye.